Hello everybody and welcome back to a brand new episode. My name is Koda and I'm with Nubia and this is Podcast for the People. In today's episode, we are going to be uh, taking a look at Mandela's legacy. Uh, South Africa in the past 27 years, service delivery and uh, a whole lot, man. So I hope you enjoy the show and please make sure you follow uh, on Facebook. It's uh, You just search podcast for the people uh, on twitter it's podcast underscore ftp and uh you can also join the whatsapp group the link is available on on those social media platforms enjoy emancipation. We pledge ourselves to liberate all our people from the continuing bondage of poverty, deprivation, suffering, gender, and other discrimination. We succeed. Yeah, so Mandela is speaking about healing the wounds, right? What do you think are some of the wounds that he's talking about? Do you think it is fair to attribute uh, deprivation, poverty, gender, suffering, and other discrimination as the wounds that he was referring to? Or do you think there are other wounds that are there? Well, the, the, since he mentioned wounds, mm-hmm. and you mentioned those deprivation, gender, and the likes, right? Those can be some of the wounds, but I don't think. Uh, well, that's just this is my opinion because I, I don't know what he meant by the healing of the wounds, right? Okay. But since we were coming from apartheid, I think that is what he was referring to when he said the wounds. Right? Okay. What do you think he was referring to? Well, I think poverty, since uh, the system of apartheid was put in place, right, uh, we lost the land, we lost a whole lot of things, we lost we lost uh, our resources, let's put it in that context, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the resources that, with the resources that we lost, uh, there is uh, life-sustaining resources, right? Yes. So when they came in and they took over there, we're talking about education system, we're talking about economics right yeah. we're talking about uh yeah ownership of land for example and uh, people just doing for themselves what needed to be done right mm-hmm. so when the system of apartheid came in and then it was enforced on the people they they took all that right and black people did not have the means to actually 
survive, live their lives as comfortable as they would have wanted or as how they were living before, right? So uh, through the whole system of apartheid, right, people were deprived of opportunities, people were suffering, people were living in poverty, stricken areas, yeah. right? No. And uh, there was gender discriminations, right? Uh, women were oppressed, yeah. right? And uh, yeah, amongst other discriminations, right? So I think it's fair to say when he said it's time to heal the wounds, time for healing of the wounds, right? He was referring to yeah, some of those things. I think, okay, here's the thing, man. I think you're right when you say some of the things that you mentioned, that's what he probably meant uh, in his speech. Okay. Now that I, 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 I listen to his speech now and I see its manifestation from... Uh, 1994 to date, right? I think I'm I'm in a comfortable position to concur and say that's what he meant. But if that is what he meant, I think uh, he was a bit misguided when it comes to healing wounds of apartheid, right? Mm -hmm. Because those were not the only wounds. There were manifestations of uh, the fundamental of oppression of the system of apartheid right okay. so if, if you had to think of it a lot of things happened yes people were prohibited from working in certain areas uh, taking on certain jobs getting educated you know in certain fields and stuff but apartheid had a tr- it was a traumatic experience to a lot of South Africans in fact all South Africans let me, let me just put it like that ne? black South Africans it was traumatic so when you look at that kind of trauma and you want to implement a remedy right Mm -hmm. you cannot uh, look for quick solutions like your BEs and uh, social welfare grants and stuff like that building RDP houses for people that is just putting a, a bandage right yeah on the wound the major wound so what was the major wound the trauma of apartheid people needed to recover from the trauma and i don't think that there was enough time to allow that to happen right the establishment of the trc uh i i personally feel like reconciliation right was forced down people's throats to a point way longer we had to make a quick adjustment get along with the program you know mm-hmm. everyone was either get along with the program or you know so are you telling me that the, the truth and reconciliation commission is not what the people wanted no what do you think the people want based on your observations i think during that time and the seven the the establishing of the trc mm-hmm. ne- People may have thought, because they believed in Mandela as their leader, right? Mm-hmm. They idolized him. So looking at it, then I think it seemed like a good idea. But you cannot put a commission in place, right? Mm-hmm. To remedy a situation that has existed for decades, that has oppressed people, old people, young kids, right? Mm-hmm. All that trauma, they're moving on from it, but on somebody else's terms, right? Mm-hmm. And you expect change to happen and that is not going to happen for me since then and in the current situation i don't think 
black South Africans have recovered from that trauma. In fact, I think now it's worse because all the remedies that were presented to heal the wounds, right? Mm -hmm. Like your BEs and giving people employment and allowing them to go to university. I'm a university student myself, mm -hmm. you know. I cannot celebrate that today and say it's, it's, a, it's a massive achievement because it's not, right? Okay. Yeah, so that's where I think we are. Uh, so with, with, with that being said, right, mm -hmm. when we look back in the democracy of South Africa, right, uh, we should uh, probably just listen to what he has to say and maybe he's going to cover this issue, right, and then we'll come back to the issue of democracy in South Africa. Let's just listen more to the speech. Yeah. We succeeded to take our last steps to freedom in conditions of relative peace. We commit ourselves to the construction of a complete, just, and lasting peace. We have triumphed in the effort to implant hope in the breasts of the millions of our people. We enter into a covenant that we shall build a society in which all South Africans, both black and white, will be able to walk tall without any fear in their hearts assured of their inalienable right to human dignity, a rainbow nation at peace with itself and the world. Rainbow nation. A South Africa that uh, black and white people can coexist in, integrate, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you are free to do whatever you want to do. You don't have to fear being hounded by the police, right? That's what he was talking about, right? <laughs> when Pilavila, uh, based on hearing that, he was selling the idea of integration, right? Rainbow Nation is the idea is integration, yeah. right? But uh, yeah, like what you said earlier, I think we went into integration without, we didn't, we didn't go into integration with our terms. We went, we are sitting on someone else's table, yeah. and we're eating on according to the rules of that person and. We are supposed to be free people, right? But we do not have anything. And again, when you... The idea of a rainbow nation looks good on paper. When, what happens when you look at a rainbow nation? You see different, different people, different colors. Is that what you see in South Africa? Yeah, well, there are Indian people, there are colored people, there are white people, there are black people that uh, there are Asian people in South Africa as well. Mm -hmm. So like when you look at on the surface and you're looking at the demographic, right? Those people are there. And I'm pretty sure that most people interact with, uh, you know, different uh, people from different backgrounds, different races. Okay. But for me, the thing is, when you look at a rainbow, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a splash of colors. Right? Yes. When you look at it, what do you see? Do you see the whole as a rainbow, the different color? Of course, it has like different colors, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at the rainbow nation, the rainbow, right? Mm -hmm. Not the rainbow nation. When you look at the rainbow, do you see it holistically? Or do you think the colors, right, mm -hmm. are equally distributed On when you're rainbow. looking at the picture of a rainbow? Oh, uh, well... 
Damn, I never really looked at it like that. Well, they are. Okay. Well, at least to me, they look that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, Mandela's concept of a rainbow nation. The majority of the population are black people, right? Mm-hmm. And historically, those very same people were the most oppressed. Yeah. So you cannot want a rainbow nation where there's like a cluster of color, black people, and then you have Indians, you have colors, and then you have white people, right? Mm-hmm. You put those people together and you expect a rainbow nation. And they're fighting for the same And they're piece. fighting for the same thing. Okay. Right? So according to me, I don't think uh, integration is necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing on paper. But realistically, I, I don't see it because it's not going to be for the benefit of everyone. Yeah, I think uh, we are, or I think we as people, we are caught up on the the definition of it all. Yeah, the definition of what Rainbow Nation is, right? Yeah. It's not like black people in South Africa do not want white people. They don't want to live with white people, right? But the issue is, right, for me... Mm-hmm. We are more fixated on saying, if you cannot live with white people, then you're a racist, right? And that that is what racism is pretty much according to the popular narrative, right? Mm -hmm. So having to demand demand ownership of your land, the the thing that apparently black people are fighting for in South Africa, right? We want the land back. That's what we want. We want to own the land. We want to we want to benefit from the land, right? So when we say we want the land back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the people who bought into the, uh, the idea, the picture mm-hmm. of uh, Rainbow Nation, having to uh, try to maintain the Rainbow Nation, right? People are overlooking things like those, right? To say, okay, you want to live in a Rainbow Nation, live in a Rainbow Nation, but don't touch my pocket, don't take my land, Everything that uh, they had mm-hmm. during apartheid, they moved on to, into the new democracy having the exact same things. We went and voted for Mandela in 1994. Mm-hmm. Not we, because I was there. Yeah, <laughs> black people, we did. Black that. people yeah. did that, right? But they came out in numbers from their squatter camps, from their villages, from their dumps, right? Mm-hmm. To go and cast their votes. And after they casted their votes, where did they go back to? They the went back to the conditions. same dump, right? Yeah, yeah. White people went back to the same houses that they they came out of and the system the system stayed in place, but uh some some uh But the idea that was sold to you was different, right? Mm-hmm. So now you had to believe that yesterday was apartheid today is a democracy get along with the program right Mm -hmm. people had to adjust to that they had to sell it to themselves that we are living in a democracy right Mm -hmm. rdps the likes were you know implemented Mm -hmm. but that is not equality is it equality to you uh no not really because these rdps are still built are still being built in a place uh the same places they're just removing the 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 materials that was used to build these quarters with bricks now and they say uh live in there 
most of the RDPs don't even have like toilets inside. They have toilets outside. In fact, most RDP houses are like four or five rooms. Yeah. And they're small rooms, mind you. Yeah. They they is that. So we can't celebrate that as an achievement. I think I think the earlier actually I was looking at uh, this concept, right? The concept of equality, equity, and justice. Mm-hmm. Right, and then there are these pictures. I think, uh, yeah, I, I will share the pictures with uh, on the on the cover of the podcast. Right, mm-hmm. these pictures they were they were showing the three pictures of three uh, a man, a woman, and a, and a child, a, a small a small child. Right, mm-hmm. and they are looking over a fence, and there's a, there's a, a game. Some people are playing soccer over there, and so they are looking over the fence to see. Right, and the the concept of equality, right, mm-hmm. was giving these people. Uh, the same uh, starting points, right? To say, okay, fine, you have RDPs, you have these, right? Mm-hmm. Go on, and then you step on it to try to see the uh, the man who was a little bit taller stood on top of the crate that he was given to stand on, so that he can boost his height to see he was seeing properly. Okay. The woman then who got the the same crate, uh, she could see, but she could not see properly. And then the child, even if with the crate. That person could not see, right? Yes. And they said that is equality. Giving people the same opportunities to say, go on into the world and succeed. Well, that picture, we can say that it, it, it describes equality, right? Mm-hmm. But giving everyone a crate, like your example, right? Mm-hmm. We cannot say that that is equality because an adult and a child are not equal. Yeah, but when we're talking about equality, we are putting it in the sense or the picture according to the way that I was uh, interpreting it, right? It was putting the the concept of equality or giving people crates each. That is the what equality is, right? We're giving you equal opportunities. What you do with it is... Yes. Whether you are, you are going to use it to succeed, we're giving you free education, for example, mm-hmm. right? So you can go to university. Now you don't have to pay for school fees. You can go to your university with white people and then, yeah, you can go be somebody. Yeah. Do what you can do. The world is yours, mm-hmm. right? And then the, the second picture shows the concept of equity. Yeah. Right? To say that since the man can see, right, standing on, on the ground and he can see the game, right? Mm-hmm. And the woman is slightly shorter than the man. We give the woman two crates. Right, so that the woman can stand on a height where she can see properly the game, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, the kid who was a smaller kid, they gave that kid uh, three or four crates. But when the kid was standing on top of the crates, he could see. And then they say that right there is the concept of equity. Yes, giving people what they need. Yeah, the help that people need to so that they can see the game at the same level as everyone else. Yes. People need equity, mm-hmm. but the concept of equality, right? Mm-hmm. It can be better to a certain extent, but according to well, my experience of what Mandela idealized, right? Mm-hmm. That too was not achieved. Equality. Do you think people were given uh, the same opportunities, the same? treatment no the reason i think is because uh we 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 were chasing equality instead of chasing equity equity 
So when Mandela was selling us the idea of a rainbow nation, mm -hmm. he was talking about an integrated society where black people and white people can walk into the same store and can can have access to the same services, right? You are no longer discriminated or to go to school, for example, right? If you want to go to school, you go to school. I understand that. Yeah. But uh, the reason why I say it, the concept of equality may have worked or might work to a certain extent, and of course, that's not what black people need because they need equity, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm saying we, you cannot say that we are equal when we enter pick and pay, for instance, and we're going to do grocery shopping, but you walk in there with a million bucks and I have five rands. That is not equality. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, I, I, I think it, go, it takes me back to the whole point of saying we should have been uh, fighting for equity instead yes. of uh, having to fight for equality yes. right rainbow nation you know so like yeah what are some of the the victories or the successes that came from mandela's vision of a rainbow nation i personally can call can call it you can call it i can't because i think south africa is still in the same position in fact i think it has regressed yeah, so there's no progression. There's no progression. In fact, things are much worse than they were during apartheid, according to me. And of course, when, when you step out of the gate and look at your surroundings, you're not going to see that because no one is in the streets gunning you down simply for being black or for whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. But when you look at it, the amount of opportunities, right, that yeah. the youth had then, and the consciousness that the, the consciousness that the youth had during apartheid, they were not confused about which team they played for, for instance. Yes, we are all for integration, right? Mm -hmm. But let integration not be at the detriment of another person. That is what uh, Steve Biko was uh, preaching in his philosophies, right? And I think uh, we are looking at uh, one side right man or mandela or with the rainbow nation the concept of rainbow nation we as people the way that we took it or the way it was implemented right it gave us the 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 feel good factor of living in a racial free south africa yes. and you see you can integrate you are integrated i get we, we're given the face value of it right and i think the person who had his uh, finger on the pulse on what people needed to be the struggle was mm -hmm. right uh is Biko, because if you look at it, he addresses he addresses the issue of integration and saying that you know what, as far as it goes, we we are not saying that white people should leave South Africa. Yes, they should stay. It's fine for them to stay, mm -hmm. right? And when they stay in South Africa, right, let them let them not stay there and impose their will and their ways on black people. Yes. Let black people decide what they want to do with their lives right he said that black people need institutions for them to survive every nation needs institutions that are controlled and they are run by those people yes. right we don't we don't have banks we don't we do not have uh private okay some of them in middle schools and whatever but in everyday normal life the schools that were given were given these schools by the government right and most of the education system is not something that you say it's, it's a good uh, education system, right? Because the education system that we go through is teaching us how to operate things. 
it is creating workers not thinkers right we are we are creating more people who are ready to work and at the same time there is no jobs right yes but you know that's a funny reality because there are more black students in like universities across the country right mm-hmm. getting these skills and there are more black graduates who are unemployed today mm-hmm. now if you look at that kind of reality versus Mandela's legacy and what he wanted for the people right mm-hmm. that's that is not what you find and again be having to quote people in his philosophy right mm-hmm. i don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with um the present education system okay. it works for the people who who own it right mm-hmm. it works for their benefit okay but who are the people that own the education system well the education system uh since apartheid till now of course bandu education is the likes yeah and other menial things like medium of instruction and the likes right mm-hmm. when i compare today's education system and the apartheid education system is the same thing okay right that's why you still have other students fighting for the decolonization of education okay right medium of instruction afrikaans and english same thing as apartheid right You don't have a university uh somewhere in the case that you case it in mm-hmm. right saying okay zulu is like the medium of instruction that university english is a medium of instruction but it's a zulu nation those are some of the problems well some of the contrasts that i draw from the education system since i'm in it but of course any civilization or any people who don't control any institution that preserves their own culture well they're doomed to fail they're doomed to fail yeah looking looking at uh, the 27 years of democracy in south africa right like the service delivery is the worst yeah service delivery is the worst of you know i'm like okay fine you're giving us these these things right or oh, you're giving us uh roads right tarred roads now in our neighborhoods we have tarred roads but there's no one maintaining it we are giving us parks no one is maintaining the parks there's like sewage flowing right we still have areas where people do not have proper toilets proper infrastructure proper infrastructure right we live in shacks and uh in i think it was in kailisho or something in cape town there was a story that uh, came out that people they they are living in squatter camps right black people are living in squatter camps and like these diseases and everything in formal settlements mm-hmm. right the people who are living in formal settlements are black pretty much right we have uh we have all that right and service delivery is, is is crazy we have we've seen countless protests of people crying out for service delivery whether it's load shedding whether it's uh sun uh the quality sanitation right whether it's uh uh what you call it collection of garbage or everything right in fact everything in black communities right predominantly mm-hmm. black communities the service delivery is 
close to non-existent. Right? <laughs> it's there, but you know, it's not there. It, it's a norm, right, for our communities to go like two weeks without water. But people need water to survive every day. The municipality, if it decides not to collect garbage for a week, we, we can witness what it looks like, right? Mm-hmm. But people have to live like that. But of course, contrast with suburbs, clean uh, water, no water shortages. If uh, there's a nationwide water shortage problem, like we have currently, who are the most effective black people? But then again, you know, uh, those are just my own observations. They may be biased. I'm not speaking for everyone else. I'm just speaking from my perspective. And Mandela's legacy, I think he, he had maybe, let me just say maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he did have good intentions for his people Okay. and his country. The manifestation and the implementation of it fell through the cracks. You know, that's why we have the situations that we have today. We cannot say that uh, we have a democracy in South Africa when you have countless protests. And when you look at what these protests are about, they're, they're, fundamentally they're about the same things. Yeah, we can come up with different reasons why people are protesting, but they're about the same things. Yeah, so yeah, that that begs the question. Uh, so for tw- the past 27 years, do you think that we have uh, healed some wounds that uh, were were mentioned in his uh, inaugural speech as the South African, as the first black uh, South African president, right? When he spoke about poverty, we're still living in poverty. Right, the worst poverty. We live in worst poverty. We just witnessed people looting, or so-called looting. Yeah. Yeah. The protest, the people protesting. Let's call it that, yeah. right? And yeah, we 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 saw how people received it. We saw how the president received it, right? And uh, today, actually, for his Mandela Day, he was in Soweto, and uh, he was he was checking out the damage that happened there. And obviously, he's pushing the let's build South Africa again. And uh, yeah, he mentioned uh, a, a quite a lot in his uh, last speech. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well. Do you think people still listen to those uh, fellow South African speeches, though? I think people are tired of listening to our president, Ramaphosa, having to address the nation, you know when things have to be done, right? Mm-hmm. I think at this point he has to appeal to the nation as a citizen, not just as a president who is speaking from an authoritative point of view, right? With the situation that we're living in right now, uh, I've seen conversations about uh, him having to step down. Do you think that is a good idea? Well, I can't necessarily say that it's a good idea because the ANC is the ruling party, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are to suspend from a or fire him or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Who is supposed to 
be his replacement. Yeah, well, ANC is an organization that is supposed to have uh, people in place who have a deputy president. I know this is embarrassing, but I don't know who the deputy president is. Didi Mabuza, I think. He's, he's still the vice president? Yes. Well, I'm, well, I'm a bit skeptical about that guy. For obvious reasons, I mean, you heard it in his scandals, right? Alleged scandals. Alleged scandals. Uh, from witnesses, right? Yeah, there was there was actually yeah that that those guys who came there and then they alleged they accused them of being of atrocious crimes, of serious crimes, yeah. corruption. <laughs> yeah, so I can't necessarily say that I trust uh, that guy to take over the reins from from a post. So if anything, they're the same way. He's much worse. You never know. Yeah, and uh, the thing, uh, the other thing that I think right now is most people do not un- most people do not understand these things right to say that our problems the problems that we are facing as the youth right especially the youth because mm-hmm. we are affected by these things the most the most we are supposed to be building a south africa for our kids right but we are not working when you in the neighborhood that we're in right now right mm-hmm. there is like in the last years there has been like a general increase of school dropouts there's been a general increase of uh people going to prison crimes being committed right and uh people are uh, using drugs mm. uh nope is a huge problem no yeah you know what i'm saying mm. and uh alcoholism as well like there's a lot of people who drink alcohol right and then you know and then all those things as they go right yes but you know, today is about Mandela's legacy, and I'm sure people all over the country are chipping in on their 67 minutes. What are you doing for your 67 minutes? I'm not doing anything for my 67 minutes. What? You do? You don't want to contribute into changing the world? I am doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This is how you're changing the world. This is how I'm, I'm playing my part in changing the world. But honestly, uh, the concept, yeah, 67 minutes mm-hmm. Mandela, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a good concept, but I, I don't think that we need a specific day that must be uh, delegated for or reserved for those kind of activities, right? Mm-hmm. I think we need to make it on every day legacy so if we're to take anything from mandela soho legacy mm-hmm. right i think we can be better people every day yeah but that's the thing how can you be a better person if you're not how can you be a better person for somebody else or how can you do something good for somebody else when there's nothing good happening to you right yeah if bad things are happening to you you're most likely go to going into the world like, and manifest like bad the people in squatterkans townships and people who were affected by the looting right Mm -hmm. and the so-called criminals the looters themselves Mm -hmm. i don't think those people are in a position to say i'm doing this for mandela day because they themselves are not in a position to help anyone because they need help right so again when it's a vast majority of the population that is living like that days like mandela day don't really mean much to south africans that's just my thought yeah what is the way forward for South Africa what are we supposed to learn from Mandela 
his legacy. I have nothing to learn from Mandela's legacy. I don't think I, I, I have one specific thing that I can point to say. I'm, I've learned this from Mandela, or I want to take that from Mandela. That's just me. Maybe that, that can change in the future, but for now, no. All right, dear. So I pose the question to the listeners as well. What uh, you need to do to get in touch is to just uh, follow us on our social media, uh, podcast underscore FTP on Twitter, on Instagram as well. And then uh, you'll find a link on those uh, platforms. You can also join the WhatsApp group and you can tell you can tell us and share what you think Mandela's legacy is and what do you take from it? What are you learning from it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and this was Podcast for the People. Yes, this was Podcast for the People. And guys, a disclaimer, the views shared on this episode, right? These are... Personal views. These are personal views. Yes, We're yes. not trying to spread any negativity or anything false that, information yes, which is observations feel, right yeah observations those are our experiences our analysis and that's it oh mm-hmm. uh, you guys that's why we're posing the, the question to you guys mm-hmm. so that you get to tell us maybe we might learn something new because you know maybe we don't know Mandela's history uh, in depth so we're looking forward to learning from all of you. Please engage in the WhatsApp group and uh, also spread the message on social media. Share the links, yes. please. Uh, we are out. Out. Uh, I think you know. I think we should leave. Uh, we should sort of like exit with Mandela yeah. finishing off his speech, and then yeah, that will be that. And uh, do we say Happy Mandela's Day? Whatever. Happy Mandela Day, everyone. Okay, and yeah, this is how the speech finishes. As a token of his commitment to the renewal of our country, a new interim government of national unity will, as a matter of urgency, address the issue of amnesty for various categories of our people who are currently serving terms of imprisonment. We dedicate this day to all the heroes and heroines in this country and the rest of the world who sacrificed in many ways and surrendered their lives so that we could be free. Their dreams have become reality. Freedom is their reward. We are both humbled and elevated by the honor and privilege that you, the people of South Africa, have bestowed on us as the first president of a united, democratic, non-racial, and non-sexist South Africa to lead our country out of the valley of darkness. We understand it still that there is no easy road to freedom. We know it well that none of us acting alone can achieve success. We must therefore act together as a united people for national reconciliation, for nation building, for the birth of a new world. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. Let there be work, bread, water, 
and fight for all. Let us know that for each, the body, the mind and the soul have been freed to fulfill themselves. Never, never, and never again shall it be that this beautiful land will again experience the oppression of one by another and suffer the indignity. and suffer the indignity of being the skunk of the world. The sun shall never set. Yeah, and uh, this is my afterthought, right? Uh, Mandela spoke about no one should be, uh, should be stripped of their dignity, right? So with the whole looting uh things that we see in people in handcuffs uh people the racial tensions that are that fled at uh, phoenix the way that uh, black people were being hunted down in that neighborhood a lot of people lost their lives then a lot of people lost their lives during the whole protest uh, or the so-called looting uh is that not the stripping of people's dignity having to see old people on national television in handcuffs having to see black people being uh, questioned on live television by the soldiers and uh, people are crying. Is that not stripping the dignity of the people, though? That's just a question as an afterthought.